0: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
1: You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day during the weekday. Well, except for this week, this will be the last episode of the week as there will be no Friday show because Friday's Christmas Eve and we're going to observe Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, which I guess technically we're observing Christmas Day and Christmas Eve, but either way, there'll be no show on Friday. Go be merry, go be happy, spend time with your family and your loved ones, and, you know, just get away. And if you don't like your family or loved ones, then we'll go do something that you love. Instead of listening to this podcast, and I appreciate everyone who has listened to the show since i have taken over and has been supportive throughout the entire season, as miserable as this season has been. I appreciate you. I love you all for that, and I will continue to give you content, but not on Friday and not next Friday either on New Year's Eve, especially because like the 30th, I, I typically do the shows the day before and the 30th is the bowl game, the Mayo bowl here in Charlotte, which I'll be attending and I will be in no condition to give you any sort of Carolina Panthers feedback and content for the next day. So just going to throw that one out there. So this is the last episode of the week, which you can rate review and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify and follow me Julian council on Twitter at Julian council. We're typically on Fridays. But I did it on Wednesday. So again, next Wednesday, we'll have another weekly Friday mailbag on a Wednesday edition. So either at me or DM me with those questions as they pertain to your Carolina Panthers. But in the meantime, today I'm gonna have a conversation with James Yarko. He's one of the two hosts. That's right. They have two hosts for the Locked On a Bucks podcast, him and David Harrison. David's out this week. But in two weeks, likely going to talk to David, who we also talked to earlier this season because he hosts the Washington football team podcast here for Locked On. The guy's all over the place, but apparently he's not available. So I talked to James instead, which is fine. James does a great job covering the Bucks, and he's a great dude. Doesn't love Cam Newton, so that's definitely a massive character flaw on his part. But I guess we can forgive him. It's that time of the year, right, to be nice to people and all that yada, yada, yada. But either way, so... Coming up here after this message, you're going to be hearing our crossover edition here on Locked On Panthers with James Yarko of Locked On Box. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus a house in head to head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one on one. This never before seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head to head is what daily fantasy should be one on one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match stat hero.com slash promo code locked on terms and conditions apply
1: is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast
0: Back here again for another crossover Thursday on Locked on Panthers. I'm your host, Julian Council, joined this week by the host, one of the hosts of Locked on Bucks, riding solo this week, James Yarko. James, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you? I am doing well. I'm in the holiday spirit, ready for Christmas to be here. I don't love that it's on a Saturday. I do love the Saturday NFL matchups that we do have because they're a lot better than the ones that we got on Thanksgiving Day. I am a big advocate of the NFL forever banishing the Detroit Lions from Thursday night or Thursday during Thanksgiving Day. I would even tell them to get rid of the Dallas Cowboys because I'm sick of Dallas. They haven't been relevant in years outside of their rabid, annoying fan base. But those aren't the teams we're talking about today. This matchup between the Carolina Panthers at home and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we've been waiting for for a long time. Finally, it's week 16, and these two teams are finally matching up, but not very much meaning. It seems like going into this game with Carolina 5-9, and nine, likely out of the playoffs, even if they were to win, win out by beating the Bucs twice in New Orleans next week. And then the Buccaneers firmly in a position to win the NFC South and to compete for that number one seed in the NFC. And let's start there. Coming off of a loss at home against the saints with a multitude of injuries that we'll get into here shortly, but also Sean Payton tested positive for COVID. It was not on the sideline. Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator for the saints was the acting head coach and his defensive unit was awesome. Shutting down Tom Brady and that Buccaneers offense. How big of a dent did that put on the Buccaneers opportunity and chance to win, to be the number one seed of the, in the NFC as green Bay was able to survive against Baltimore on Sunday afternoon. Oh, it's huge. I mean, the the number one seed is, is all but out of reach for the Buccaneers because what you have to have happen now is the Buccaneers have to win out. And then you're looking at the Packers to lose two out of three because they have the tiebreaker as far as the conference record is concerned. They're now in a three-way tie with Dallas and Arizona. Dallas, even though Tampa beat them in week one, has the tiebreaker in a three-way tie based on conference record. Um, so it's a it's a massive uphill climb now for the Bucs to get the number one seed. It's not impossible, but you're basically looking at a best-case scenario of the Bucs getting the two seed uh, if it comes down to it because somehow I was I was messing with it earlier. Greg Allman at The Athletic tweeted about it as well. You're looking at a, a situation where if there's a three-way tie with the bucks, the rams and the cowboys, the bucks are the 2 seed, but if there's a four-way tie between the packers, the bucks, the cowboys and the rams, then the bucks are the four seed, it's weird. Ugh. But yeah. it's you know, it all stems it, it just kind of continues to pile on what was already a bad night for the Bucs against the Saints on, on Sunday night last week. You, know, you you lose the chance to get the number one seed in that first round bye and the home field advantage, plus you lose a litany of players. Yeah, and that's one of the things looking at it, because if they went on Sunday, which I expect, and I think a lot of people are expecting they will do, coming here to Bank America Stadium in Charlotte, they will wrap up the division, they'll have a home playoff game. We know that's going to happen. And last year, at least for the Bucs, they went on the road and beat the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. Mm-hmm. A whole different ball game, I suppose, this year with the uh, probably full stadiums now with the Omicron variant that has definitely run rampant throughout the NFL and across the country. right here recently. We'll see how full stadiums goes as we head towards the playoffs. So talking about those injuries. Chris Godwin, it was first reported that was only an MCL. I was watching that game on Sunday, night. I was like, that's his ACL. That dude's definitely done for the season. Unfortunately, he is out for the rest of the season, and we'll see when he returns next year because that will be something that will definitely be one of the things you watch heading into training camp next year. Also, Leonard Fournette out for the rest of the regular season. The Bucs are banged up, and they've been banged up all season long. I remember we talked about this during our NFC South preview show with Ross Jackson and Aaron Freeman of Locked On Saints and and, uh, Locked On Falcons, respectively. The Bucs had some of the best injury luck last season. That has yep. not been the case this year. How do you expect them to overcome these injuries if they are able to moving forward? I, the loss of Godwin is is absolutely heartbreaking on a multitude of levels. Yeah, he is a by far one of the biggest fan favorites uh, among Buccaneers fans. He's a, a huge favorite amongst David and I at the Locked On Bucks podcast. But you're you're looking at no no Godwin for the remainder of the season. Leonard Fournette on IR, as you mentioned. Also, Mike Evans suffered a hamstring injury. He's week to week. He may not play this Sunday against the Panthers. You have Giovanni Bernard, who is still on injured reserve. You lost Levante David at the end of that game to a foot injury. You lost Patrick O'Connor to a uh, torn PCL and partial MCL. Um, It's it's bad. So you're actually kind of grateful if you're a Buccaneers fan that Antonio Brown is coming back this week. Otherwise, the offense was going to look real similar to what it did against the Saints. You're going to have Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller and Jalen Darden out there. Ronald Jones has had success against the Panthers in the past. He's going to be the number one back. Now you bring in Le'Veon Bell, who can be that pass catching option out of the backfield if he can pick up the offense fast enough because Keyshawn Vaughn is not the answer to any question when it comes to what a running back can and should and would and could do. So, you're you're looking for a lot out of Le'Veon Bell, who you just pulled off the street. He said that he was excited to to rejoin his teammate Antonio Brown. He's excited to play with Tom Brady, excited to play for Bruce Arians, and that the Buccaneers were the only team that were going to get him back in football and get him excited to play football. He had started to look forward to a career in boxing for whatever that's worth. But <laughs> yes, he got he got the phone call, and he said this is the one team that makes me excited to go play football. Maybe he performs better than he did in Baltimore. Maybe he wasn't excited about playing in Baltimore. I don't know. But the Buccaneers are a talented football team. There's no question about it. They overcame injuries all season long. Losing Godwin, that's a big one to overcome. But they can withstand the injuries against the Panthers, against the Jets, and then against the Panthers again. But you need Leonard Fournette for that playoff run. You need Mike Evans for that playoff run. And you need Levante David, who's out for the remainder of the regular season, to be back for that playoff run if they're going to stand a chance. Yeah, and I love you Bring up Le'Veon Bell, who seems to be in the ring-chasing part of his career. He was back with the Chiefs last season, was unable to get that Super Bowl ring. Now he's going to Tampa Bay with a litany of injuries, hoping to fill in. And we'll see if he even sticks around long enough to be a part of a Super Bowl-winning team if the Bucs are able to repeat this season. Now, last one here for you, and this has been one of the bigger stories, uh, at least this week and in the last couple of weeks, as Antonio Brown was suspended for three weeks for giving the league a fake vaccination card. Now, it's important to note, to note that he actually has been vaccinated, so he did eventually live up to what you needed to do to be a part of the protocols and to live the life that he wanted to live as a vaccinated player, at least when he first tried to deceive the Bucs. Bruce Arians had talked about last season when he brought in Antonio Brown that he wanted to... You know, if Antonio Brown messed up one time, he was gone. Now, Bruce Arians said the other day that he doesn't really give a bleep what anyone says, that he's doing what's best for the football team. And I, for one, honestly admire that. Yes, Antonio Brown is, I am not, you know, there's a lot of things Antonio Brown has done that probably aren't the things that people love. But this is about winning football games. Let's not get it twisted. And I honestly appreciate Bruce Arians going out there and just saying, look, guys, we're trying to win a Super Bowl here. We got a bunch of injuries like we need Antonio Brown. What was your thoughts when you heard Bruce Arians said that and also just his decision to allow Antonio Brown to be a part of this football team moving forward? I actually raised the question on one of my episodes when I had Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay, the, the sports director for the Tampa CBS affiliate, I said, you know, does does Antonio Brown getting a second contract, you know, he played that half season last year, won the Super Bowl, that was when Bruce Arians said you so much as fart in the locker room and it stinks too much and you're gone. You know, it, did, did he get a reset? as soon as he signed that second contract. And essentially that's what Bruce Arians came out and said that he did enough in that half of a season in the playoff run to show that he was a good teammate. He was gonna stay out of trouble. He was going to do what they asked him to do. He was gonna do what they told him to do. He wasn't gonna be a distraction, all of those things. So he got the reset. Now it would have been nice if Bruce Arians had said that prior to all (laughs) of the the drama that, that went on but he probably felt like he didn't have to Or he felt like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there because, as you said, as he said, I don't give a bleep what anybody thinks about it. There's no question that if the Buccaneers are going to stand any chance of repeating as Super Bowl champions, Antonio Brown has to be part of this team, especially with Chris Godwin gone and, and especially with Mike Evans week to week at this point in time. If Antonio Brown is not out on that field, the Buccaneers offense is going to be putrid. Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Brashad Perryman, Jalen Darden, those are not names that are striking fear into the hearts of any corners or any safeties in the league, period. You know, Scotty Miller, you may get a little bit of a twitch because he's such a deep threat, but if that's all you have, then why does it matter? You can you can bracket him. No problem. We take away that deep threat. Now you have to rely on on slip and slide Darden, who can't stay on his feet for more than four yards to try to make things happen. And we saw how well that went against the Saints. So ultimately, it boils down to something that I talked about on on my episode yesterday, and that was be who you can afford to be. And right now, Antonio Brown can afford to be a guy that does something stupid, gets himself in trouble with the league for utilizing this this forged vaccination card. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, Jason Light, everybody inside that building in Tampa is there to win football games. And Antonio Brown helps you accomplish that. That is the ultimate goal, and they're not really going to put much of anything ahead of that. It would be a different story if we were talking about a situation where there was a a crash and Antonio Brown was was driving drunk, or there was a domestic violence issue, or there was an issue with children, or something of of that magnitude. Obviously, it's different than turning in a, a forged vaccination card. So with that, obviously... Your listeners are hoping that the Buccaneers get kicked in the face and and fall flat and lose in the postseason. My listeners, on the other hand, are hoping that the Buccaneers are going to be playing in SoFi Stadium in less than 100 days and On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL and it is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats, choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com Slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's on location exp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. You would also have to think that after the injuries to Godwin and Fournette and David and Evans, that the Buccaneers Super Bowl odds might have dipped a little bit. If you want an opportunity to cash in and have them go on and repeat as champions, you could probably make a little extra money over with our friends at BetOnline.ag because BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C K E D O N for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit for basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait, take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers. Bet online where the game starts. wrapping things up here on a crossover thursday edition of the locked on bucks and locked on panthers podcast james yarko and julian council on twitter at jyarko underscore bucks at julian council julian it's time to flip the script a little bit and let's talk those carolina panthers because this is the first time you and i have talked since we did that nfc south preview show um and to be to be fair I did place the Carolina Panthers in fourth place in the division. I did say Atlanta would finish third, New Orleans second, Tampa first. So far, so far. You nailed it. No, you've nailed it. No, no, not yet. Not yet. Crazy things have happened. We've seen uh, uh, you know, the Saints beat the Bucs last week. We've seen the Jets beat the Titans and the Bengals. We see the Lions beat the Cardinals, so you never know. And with a win the the panthers can keep their very very slim playoff hopes still alive is the bottom of that nfc uh, wild card race it's it's not stellar records but no. the biggest news of course is as you know my favorite player cam newton is back with the carolina panthers and it was really exciting for panthers fans you know to to see number 1 back on the field taking off his helmet screaming i'm back doing the superman all that stuff but the last 3 games Cam Newton has not been great. Uh, In fact, I wrote a preview for the game for Bucks Nation, and over the course of the last three games, he's 38 of 84 for 426, one touchdown, four interceptions. He does have 123 rushing yards with three touchdowns, but he's been sacked six times. Matt Rule came out and said that Sam Darnold is going to get some playing time. Uh, You know, if he doesn't like what he sees out of Cam Newton, what have you seen? Out of Cam Newton, and do you have the confidence that you might see kind of that retro, uh, you know, vintage Cam Newton against a team that he tormented for years and years there in Carolina? Well, I would love to see it. I think Sunday afternoon at Bank of America Stadium in Uptown Charlotte will be Cam Newton's final home game as a Carolina Panther. I do not expect him to be back next season. As much as I love and appreciate what Cam Newton has done for the city of Charlotte and this organization. It's just time to move on, and honestly, they probably should have never brought him back. And I loved it; it was it was fun. Look, like, l- l- listen, I got caught up in it. It was a fun ten days. The Arizona game, scoring on his first two touches, the Absolutely. home camming, and Ron Rivera's return, and he played great against Washington. And had he played that way through the next couple weeks, there would have been a great case to bring back Cam Newton through a full offseason program and see what he could do in a full season as a Carolina Panthers starting quarterback. The problem is he was not very good against Miami. Like He was, he was bad, terrible against Miami. And everyone on the offense was terrible against Miami. And the offense has not been good at all this season. You go into the bye week, they fired Joe Brady. Was it Cam's fault that Joe Brady got fired? Absolutely not. There was plenty of things that pointed to the reason why Joe Brady should have been fired, and also probably why he should have never been to the OC here in Carolina. But I've been over that plenty of times on my podcast. My listeners know how I feel about that situation. He came back against, uh, who was it? Not Atlanta. Yeah, it was Atlanta and was just okay had two costly turnovers but outside of that i thought he was he was fine in it on sunday against buffalo didn't turn the ball over until late when it didn't really matter i thought he kept him in the game competitively but the only two deep balls he threw one of the dj Moore wildly underthrown, and the other one threw out of bounds he just is not going to elevate the passing game for the carolina panthers and matt rules brought up how the carolina panthers in the past don't have an elite passing game and And they also, that's one of the things that's really killing them, not having those explosive plays. And I just don't think at this stage in his career that Cam Newton gives you that. I also think context is important. What should the expectations really have been for Cam Newton when everyone's like, Cam's coming back here to save the season? He hasn't played football since August when he was back with the New England Patriots. He doesn't know the system. He's still trying to learn the playbook. So I can't really sit here and bang on the guy for the poor poor performances that he's had, but it's awesome what I saw against Washington. It just hasn't carried over, and I just don't know how much he has left in the tank and really the Carolina Panthers should be hinging the rest of the Matt Rule era if he does get a third year and the rest of his franchise moving forward on the shoulder and the legs of Cameron Jarrell Newton. So as much as I love him, I just think it's it's time to move on. Now, that being said, Sam Darnold likely is going to play on Sunday. Matt Rule said that he expect him to play. He also said the same thing last week about P.J. Walker. He didn't play because Cam played well enough that they didn't need P.J. Walker. Sam Darnold does not have a future in Carolina past next season. The $18.858 million cap that he has is prohibitive. It's not going to allow him to be traded anywhere. He will be the backup next year. And it really is no reason for him to play. Start Cam on Sunday, which he will. And then after that, Matt Rule, if you really feel like you need to see Sam Darnold next a couple weeks, fine. Do it on the road in New Orleans. Do it on the road in Tampa Bay. But give the fans one last time to watch and celebrate Cam Newton, as this will probably be the last time. And I'm pretty sure it will be that we see him in a Carolina Panthers uniform at home at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. It honestly may be the last time we see him in any NFL uniform. There's no question that Cam possibly a weapon with his legs, but as far as his throwing, it has not looked pretty and it hasn't really honestly looked pretty for a few years. He had that injury that he dealt with, and it it took a lot of velocity. It looked like he was putting every ounce of strength he had in 10 to 12 yard throws, and he just hasn't been the same since. You know, I, I dislike him, I strongly dislike him. All of our listeners know that. But there's no question what a talent and, and, and what a phenomenal weapon he was for the Carolina Panthers for all those years. So it would be great for the fans to kind of get their farewell, say goodbye. Hopefully it's in a losing effort. But one, <laughs> one thing that I I've noticed over the course of, of the past couple of weeks is, is basically since Cam Newton arrived, it's kind of the shift in the offense where DJ Moore was the guy. Okay, he was the go-to player. He was putting up points, he was creating plays, and it's yeah. it's starting to tilt to Robbie Anderson now. On the injury report, DJ Moore did not participate with a hamstring injury on Wednesday. So, obviously his status is in question, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that that he's no. definitely not going to play, but I feel personally from the outside looking in and I want you to either confirm or deny the DJ okay. Moore is a legitimate number one threat as a wide receiver in the NFL. And he's not getting the opportunity or the looks that he should get. And if he were to get those, it would create a little bit, you know, more competitive balance for the Carolina Panthers against some of these other teams, yet Robbie Anderson, who is a guy who has drop issues, he's, you know, easily forgotten, easily ignored, has all of a sudden become Cam's number one guy. What do you feel about the usage of of DJ Moore, and do you feel that, you know, not utilizing him is, is hurting the Panthers in a big way? It's interesting you ask that because the story, one of the stories, at least offensively, and trying to pinpoint the struggles was – Robbie Anderson regressing this year. After last year, he had a career year, led the team in receptions, had over a 1,000 yards receiving for the first time in his career, which warranted the team to hand him an extension prior to the season. And then after a couple weeks, everyone's like, well, shouldn't have done that, it looks like. And yeah, he's played well the last couple weeks. He had his best game of the season against Atlanta and then last week against Buffalo. Yeah, I've seen – look, you've seen the same thing about them probably making a more conservative effort to get Robbie Anderson the football, which is good. And D.J. Moore still is making plays, but not as many as you want to see. And he was certainly Sam Darnold's number one target as, you know, Robbie wasn't playing well. They don't have a third option. Christian McCaffrey was injured. They don't have a tight end pass catching option after they traded Dan Arnold to Jacksonville to get C.J. Henderson in that trade. I still think D.J. Moore is fine. I think his biggest issue is the last couple of seasons. This guy's had over a thousand yards the last two seasons. He's going to have it again this year. He's had to play with Cam 2.0 here in Carolina, Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, Teddy Bridgewater, Kyle Allen. And then when Cam was falling apart prior and back in 2019, the, the dude has never really had one of those top tier quarterbacks. Everyone talks about, oh, James Rob, um, not uh, Allen Robinson in Chicago. We got to get Allen Robinson, a quarterback. Now the bears finally got Justin Fields. We'll see how free agent plays out. Don't really care about the bears either way, but that was a wide receiver. when everyone talked about, oh, that we got to get him a quarterback. Like, can we get DJ Moore a quarterback, get this guy some help? Cause I certainly think he is absolutely a number one wide receiving threat. I don't think he's necessarily better than any of the guys in Tampa. Cause I, I love Godwin. Uh, Antonio Brown I, has a Hall of Fame candidacy case there. And then Mike Evans. Those three guys are tremendous. But I think DJ Moore absolutely is as good as those guys. Maybe not better than them, but he's a fantastic wide receiver who deserves more opportunities and just really hasn't been put in the right place to succeed, even though he has. He succeeded in spite of poor quarterback play over the last couple of seasons, and it's really been tough for him over the last month and a half just having Sam throw the ball away and having to deal with Cam and PJ trying to hopefully elevate the offense, which really has not happened in Sam Donald's absence last one from me, Julianne, I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball. Panthers sure. start off red hot. They make a move for Stefan Gilmore to come in and help an already very talented defense. But now all of a sudden this defense doesn't look quite as scary as it was earlier in the year. They're giving up a little bit more than 22 points per game, which isn't terrible. I mean, it's like pretty much right in the middle. Of, of the league. I think they're ranked 18th. They're giving up like a half point more per game than the Bucs, who are right there at 14th. So there's a lot of teams squished right there in uh, in the middle, uh, giving up just a little over 20 points per game. But you, you take a look at, at some of the threats on the defensive side of the ball. And, and obviously, Stefan Gilmore is the big name But who are some players that Buccaneers fans may not know about that they really need to keep their eye on on Sunday that can cause problems, especially for a battered and bruised Buccaneers offense that may be without Mike Evans on top of already being without Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette? Yeah, it's interesting, too, when you look at the wide receiver in kind of secondary matchup, like the Bucks wide receivers versus the Panthers secondary, because the Panthers, they have three of their top corners now on IR and out for the season. J.C. Horn, who broke his foot back in week three, he's done for the year. Um, You also recently, they put Dante Jackson there. And then this week, A.J. Bouye, who's on IR. So you have Stephon Gilmore still, which is great. And there's plenty of depth they had. That's one of the deepest positions on the roster. But you don't have the upper echelon guys outside of Gilmore that you had to start off the season or at least had middle of the season. So Gilmore obviously is the, the name to look at. But C.J. Henderson, they traded for him. I mentioned him a few moments ago. They traded for him. He's had mixed results since coming to Carolina, and his first start was uh, against Dallas Week 4, or at least his first appearance against Dallas Week 4. He's going to get a ton of reps. He's someone to look out for. The rookie six-rounder out of Washington, Keith Taylor, someone that they really like. Now, coming off the edge, though, Hassan Reddick, I know the Pro Bowl voting's coming out as we're recording this. I believe he'll be a Pro Bowler. Not quite sure whether he will be or not. He's had double-digit sacks again this season. That was one of the questions of whether last year, the contract year in Arizona, whether it was a lie or it was real. Well, he's definitely not a liar. He's a baller, and he's going to be coming off the edge and trying to see what he can do to uh, give some pressure up on to, uh, Tom Brady and, and also Brian Burns, who I don't think has had the season quite like we wanted to see him have, because I thought he was going to be a Pro Bowl candidate this year. But he still has a ton of talent, going to be someone who's going to be uh, one of the leaders of that defense moving forward. That's someone to look out for. And then Jeremy Chen was excellent last year. He's been excellent again this year. Maybe not the best in coverage. That's the only thing I would hang. I only hang up. I have with him. But he's versatile. You can play him at strong safety. You can play free safety. You want to. You can ha- you can blitz him. You can have him at linebacker. You can put him there at the nickel. He, he can ball and he's someone that absolutely could wreak havoc. On Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If this Panthers team is gonna be able to win that game at home in their season finale or home finale at Bank America Stadium on Sunday. Yeah, I, I absolutely love watching Jeremy Chin play football. He is he's one of my favorite players to watch. You know, that isn't someone that I get to watch every single week, but I do enjoy the times that I get to watch him. Julian, let's wrap things up with some predictions here. Uh we're gonna we're gonna give our score predictions if you have one. How do you see this game playing out between the Bucs and the Panthers at Bank of America Stadium? Yeah, the Bucs are one of those teams where last year the Carolina Panthers were actually fairly competitive for a 5-11 and team. That was the only two games all season long where they just had, it was no contest. And Tampa Bay being beat up makes me think maybe it's not going to be as bad as it could have been had they had Leonard Fournette, had Mike Evans been 100%, Chris Godwin playing, and now the return of Antonio Brown. I still feel like Tampa Bay wins this game by two scores. It, it would be nice to see Cam go out with a bang and have a great performance in the for the Carolina Panthers to figure things out. But the, the, pro, the problem is, though, and the reality is, the offensive line is terrible. Uh, probably the worst in the National Football League this year. Christian McCaffrey's injured. Robbie Anderson, yes, while he's played well the last couple of weeks, he still has not lived up to the expectations this season. And the Panthers don't have any kind of deep field, downfield uh, threat passing game. And I don't see how they're going to be a team like Tampa Bay and a creative defensive scheme that Todd Bowles implements, if and be able to beat them and have success. So I think defensively they can keep up. I just don't think offensively I'm going to have much expectations coming out of, for them against that Bucks defense on Sunday, despite the injuries. So I say the Bucks by 10, 14 on Sunday afternoon at home here in Charlotte. Yeah, I see a very angry Buccaneers team coming off of a loss to shut that out too, at home. <laughs> shut out at home, averaging nearly forty points a game at home. Uh, Up until that point, they're still the number one scoring offense in the NFL, but now they've dropped below that 30 points per game mark because of the goose egg. And you have a lot of questions about them. You know, can they win without Godwin? Can they win without Leonard Fournette? Can they win without Mike Evans? They want to go out and prove, prove. yes, absolutely we can. And we're going to make a statement against a division rival in our our second consecutive week of being able to have a hat and T-shirt game. As they call it, so I see the Bucks winning this one pretty big. Uh, I believe the score prediction that I have for BucksNation.com is 30 to 10. Uh, they're cool. they're going to be out to prove something. So I, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry if I'm right. You you know no. <laughs> it's, uh, look at this point in the season, I, I just I, I'm over it, man. <laughs> they're right? five and nine. It, it stinks. Like all we talk about now is like whether Matt rules should get a third year. I know a lot of – I think my listeners are kind of split. I know the Twitter people, everyone wants them gone, but Twitter is a, a very vocal minority. And like emphasis on like the minority part and the vocal part because mm-hmm. the majority of people aren't on Twitter. So just because people on Twitter are saying, oh, five head coach is not me, and that's how every single fan feels. But it's been a unfortunate season. After a 3-0 start, I did question it because like we've seen the Jets stink, Texans stink. The circumstance with New Orleans that week was a perfect storm, even though Carolina kicked their ass. So I think they win that game regardless. Things just have not gone the way of the Carolina Panthers here the last couple months. And it'll be a very important offseason if Matt Rule gets a third year for him to turn things around, address the offense line, find an actual franchise quarterback so he can actually make the playoffs next year. Because if he doesn't, I don't see him having a fourth year here in Carolina But, um, hey, we'll talk about this in a couple weeks since we'll have another crossover Thursday. That's the one fun thing about having this game later on into the season and might have some news coming out of Carolina by that time. Um, So, to wrap things up here, for uh, James Jarko of Lockdown Bucks and Julian Council of Lockdown Panthers, this will be my last episode of the week. Uh, Sorry, folks, you're not getting something for me on Christmas Eve, so have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, which I'll talk to you guys again again on Sunday, probably the game. But you can follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. You can follow James. On Twitter at Jay Yarko underscore bucks. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can look at, listen to Locked on Bucks and watch it on YouTube. I'm not currently on YouTube. Will I ever be on YouTube? I don't know. You have to find out another day. So for James Yarko, I'm Julian Council. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this crossover episode of Locked on Panthers and Locked on Bucks. Stay tuned for the game on Sunday and I'll talk to you. We'll both talk to you then. So take care. Merry Christmas. Blah, blah, blah.